The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Empower Radio presents The Miracle of Healing with Lisa Campion. Meet healers, learn different modalities, and hear empowering stories of people on their healing journey. The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Lisa Campion. Hello, I'm Lisa Campion, and this is The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio, where we come together to discuss all kinds of healing, and that's something the world needs a lot of these days. Um, If you're new to my show, then welcome. If you've been on the journey with us for a while, then welcome back. Um, Today, we've got a a super fun uh, guest. I always love talking to other psychics. It's one of my my favorite topics, but I'm like a I'm wondering what it would feel like for you if you knew how to expand your spiritual bandwidth. That's what we're going to talk about today as we talk with acclaimed psychic and spiritual guide, Charlie Castex. And he takes us on this deep dive of sort of what he calls DYI soulcraft. I love that. Um, And he's going to share with us some of his strategies for becoming empowered and staying empowered and kind of like living in the purest and highest vibration that we can do. and staying human with a with a lot of humor, which he has a lot of. So um, he's amazing. Uh, he's really been um, around, for, you know, working at a very high level since 1995. That's kind of amazing. And he's been um, part on the New York Times, Huff Post, ABC, NBC News, and he's guided tens of thousands of people across six continents, pairing his intuitive gifts and his passion for empowering and coaching others to realize their spiritual potential. So welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here, Charlie. Thanks, Lisa. My pleasure. It's great to uh, it's great to be here and sharing conversation with you. Yeah, like I said, I always love talking to other psychics. And I'm wondering um, if you don't mind uh, sharing a little bit about how, how you came to that work. Like, how did you know you had gifts and when did you start the work? Okay, so the Absolutely. But uh, there are two different stories. Uh, um, When I came to the work, it uh, in many ways chose me. And I'm sure that probably sounds familiar for you, Lisa. Yeah. But uh, I really aspired to be a good tarot reader Mm -hmm. uh, when I was uh, in my teens and started venturing into tarot. And I was so fascinated with it. And at that time, there were only maybe 10 or 12 books on tarot that were kind of universally uh, available. And I, so essentially I put them all in a blender and just took notes and studied and studied and I was aspiring to be good at reading. I didn't really have a sense that I would end up being a psychic or have the psychic component. I just approached it from an academic perspective. Mm-hmm. But I found when I started venturing readings for friends or you know, my partner's daughter, et cetera, um, the next thing I know, I was able to describe the room and there was a remote viewing aspect and I wasn't even sure what, what that was at the time. So, um, or I'd see a real estate sign and the person would, I'd say, wait a minute, are you about to sell your house? And they'd say, yeah, which card is that? And I'd say, oh, I don't, that's not in the cards, but I'm seeing <laughs> in my mind. So there were um, aspects that just sort of caught up with me like that. I, I really was just, I, I didn't have the grandiose idea to, oh, I'm going to be a psychic. 
Um, but I fell in love with the journey and fell in love with the path of service uh, after I come to it from a more academic perspective. Hmm, that's super cool. So we, we have that in common. I started with the Rider Waite deck when I, somebody gave me oh. a copy of the Rider Waite when I was 16. And I um, I started studying back then. That was a long, long time ago. And I've been like you was, you know, really entranced with it. And I still still teach it these days. It's part of my part of Great. my repertoire for sure. Great. So um, so th thank you. That's I love hearing that story. Um, and when let's talk about your book. Um, expand your spiritual bandwidth um it, it's really like this recipe book really that's what it how it Thanks. struck me is kind of kind Thanks. of this like yeah like this um bringing together of this um spiritual wisdom um human wisdom psychic wisdom all of the all of these threads that you're pulling together to help people live what felt like to me like a super high frequency life mm. is that is that what it was like for tell tell me what it was like for you or what what brought you to write it beautiful well first of all thank you that's that's really uh those are wonderful words and appreciate appreciate the graciousness in, in that description uh what brought me to write expand your spiritual bandwidth was uh well inspiration and, and living within the path for so many years and and teaching and instructing other people on these concepts. And I found that uh, now, as you suggested in the beginning of our session, our interview today, more than ever, people are needing a sense of clarity and coherence and, and absolutely they need more empowerment. So I had other plans to write a different type of book, but it came to me that uh, now is really a time that people are very thirsty for an understanding of how to go about, you know, how to so that's where the DIY soulcraft uh, idea fleshed itself out. So essentially, expand your spiritual bandwidth is a series of strategies that empower by syncing the spirit, mind, and body. And I've done my best to have it um, as thorough as could be within a relatively small context. But uh, yeah, I was inspired through the daily experience of people uh, where I'd be helping them with one aspect or another in terms of their own clarity and their own empowerment and they'd say okay well how do i do it well what what should i do so uh yeah it took a concerted effort at trying to crystallize some of these concepts that really are um, be interesting to see your take on it but i think many of them are are somewhat familiar and instinctual mm -hmm. for instance minding the store is kind of opening chapter that uh, references the neuroscience co uh, concept that would be called metacognition which yep. is the fancy word for understanding that we can track the arc of our thoughts and we can follow that trajectory and be very conscious of what we're thinking about. So basically mindfulness, but then how do we capitalize upon that mindfulness is where the, some of the subsequent strategies go to from the compassion reflex and all the way through. Um, so you now it's been quite a, quite a journey and I, it, I love that people are, are receiving support and, and feeling a, a little closer to, to their bliss, you know, from following up on these strategies. Well, I like that you, um, that you take these sort of high level concepts. We all know we need to do mindfulness. We all know we need to, you know, right. eat right and have a harmonious environment and, and have integrity inside of our own selves <laughs> in all the ways that we can. Um, but you, you um, kind of break it down into some, 
ideas that are more tangible, I felt like, like this is actually how you do it. Um, and I thought that was really like, um, th I thought that was really useful. And there's something beautiful, I think, about your work that's calling us to a higher, like what I mean, that higher vibration, like the idea that we can choose our thoughts. You know, we can, we, we can be empowered to choose our thoughts, to choose our feelings, which a lot of people don't know they can do. Exactly. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Yeah, absolutely. We, we're in the driver's seat. And um, again, instinctually, I think we have a sense that we're creators of our lives, but we oftentimes have to disinvest ourselves of a lot of conditioning and a lot of erroneous beliefs and, uh, and have a little bit more self-love and a little bit more investment into ourselves as individuals and explore that possibility and really just be um, a certain measure of self-love, I think, is requisite just to get on with the journey of empowerment, you know, to be interested enough to invest in ourselves. So, you know, it's, um, it's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful journey for people. And it does start with awareness because I'm a firm believer that we can't solve problems we're not aware of. I'm also a firm believer that we can't simultaneously champion and abuse ourselves. So that's yeah. where I get into sacred selfishness and elevating the ego and some of these concepts that maybe at first glance seem a little bit, like I stated in the book, a counterintuitive kick in the keister to say, what do you mean by elevating the ego? So uh, it's it's not to be contrarian or anything, but um, I think half of the the joy is to lighten ourselves up. And I love your reference to increasing our frequency. Um, now that's understood with quantum models and the emerging sciences mm -hmm. that it's not really a woo-woo principle. It's a very actual fact that we, um, well, our bodies certainly are an extension of an electromagnetic field. And the health of that field is based in how robust it is and the speed in which it's vibrating is its relative frequency. Uh, and this bears out in a life that uh, is very satisfying and fulfilled rather than just living within our psychological framework and um, often running really fast in any direction. <laughs> so yeah, it's nice to turn the focus within and reacting. You know, right. Yeah, like that. there's sort of that place where we're just reacting. We're not thinking. We're not choosing. And I, I felt like the a lot of the frame behind your work is like, well, when you're choosing positivity, there's no room for negativity. Or if you're choosing to take like a more loving view, a higher view of yourself, other people, um, then it, we sort of edge out the negativity by continuing to choose positivity. Right. And isn't that remarkable how simple that is in yes. some sense? It is. Yes. Um, I think oftentimes people are a little bit skittish um, about claiming their power because they have an intuitive sense that there's responsibility that's attached to that power. Mm -hmm. So the responsibility yeah. is saying, well, we have to choose. I mean, do you really want to romance your suffering? A lot of people, um, unfortunately, have just sort of a default to worshiping um, and it almost like fetishizing their suffering as if it's a prized yeah. Porsche or something, you know, they're just polishing and, and, and loving on their, on their suffering. Um, and not to minimize the reality of existential suffering in any way, or to belittle um, the emotions that are dramatic for us as humans. But the mm. central point is we get to choose our existence and we get to choose where we place our attention 
And the quality and character of those thoughts is really the origin of the feelings because the thoughts are the causal aspect. The feelings are an effect. And we often see that in reverse. Wow, this feeling happened. It must be random. It must be caused by right. something out there or someone or other something. Not really. Not really. Um, mm. Yeah. People, other people's behaviors and actions can stimulate the emotion and energy that you have and they provoke what's underneath the surface. But you get to decide how you're being and how you are, right? So, um, yeah. There's like a little spiritual growing up necessary for that. It's like a, like a maturity process right. of like really right. owning, owning all of us, owning all of the... Um, that we're fully responsible for all the various parts of ourselves. And I, I think you do it with sort of a, I would say tough love, because that's not the right really feeling I felt, but more mm -hmm. like, mm, like kind of an insistence on that. Like it's like, we, we got to start with that and, and we can't, right, right. can't slide away from that, you know, right. we, and we can do with a lot of love, a lot of awareness, a lot of self compassion for ourselves, you know, um, but there's kind of like, a little bit of holding our feet to the the fire in a way for the cause and effect that happens when we when we really own all of it. Right, right. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the accountability. Let's think about it. You know, authenticity is something that we most deeply value in our human connections, right? So why would we deny that absolutely colossal potential for ourselves, for our own relationship with ourselves? And once there's an incongruency. Once there's some ba basis of BS with ourselves, well, then all bets right. are off. So that that aspect of being our own best friend and really meaning it, um, I yeah, absolutely. I think that our bodies understand when we mean business, and the yeah. body, mind, spirit really knows when we mean business. And it thankfully doesn't settle for less. You know, it it really demands it. So absolutely, growing in our power means means growing up. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I thought it was really, um, and that, and that there, there could be an edge to it, I suppose, but you're so funny that, that it's, um, that it doesn't, you know, it takes a little bit of the, um, the potential sting out of it, I guess, because you're so, I thought it was so funny. Well, so tell us how, how humor, like, how does humor loop into it for you? Wow. Well, um, first of all, that's humor has always been really at the core of my heart. Um, and yet it's only in recent times, for instance, in the second revision of Expand Your Spiritual Bandwidth, that it was somewhat of my own initiation to say, okay, this is good, but you need to be in it. <laughs> you know, I need to be in it. So it can't just be some philosophical high-minded takeaway. And I love words. I love verbiage. Hopefully that's evident in the book. Um, and hopefully it's not overtly verbose either. But uh, yeah, for me, I just had this relative epiphany with myself that if I were to do this, that I might as well allow the humor to come out in, in, in the best possible way, right? So I took a risk with that because it's interesting, I, as I mentioned to you when we had connected earlier, um, a couple of months ago, when we talked for a second, that uh, the spiritual genres of books um, generally are, are a little wee bit dry, you know, and, and I love them. And I yeah. think there's so much happening there that is absolutely revelatory, but uh, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't so much a conscious decision as um, to inject humor so much as life and guidance itself was saying, 
that's good. But if you put yourself into it and dare to for it to be funny and have to, the cosmic is largely comic, I want to say. I agree. Uh, yeah, then then maybe I people agree. could really receive more. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I think so like God has is. to have it. God has to have a sense of humor. It's the only explanation right, for, for right. the whole world. <laughs> right, right. You got it. Yeah. So, so I took a big risk because I didn't certainly didn't want to offend anybody. But so far, people are have been very uh, complimentary and gracious, saying, oh, that's so great that you put it in there. So, yeah, the long story is I had to do a second revision. And once I did, that's when I could live with it. You know, now I'm like, I this is something that I like and I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So I'm like, oh, this book is is good. I hope other people like it. <laughs> but at, le at least I express the humor in it, uh, which, uh, you know, I think has been refreshing for people. That's great. So um, let's talk about the psychic stuff a little bit. And um, your, I found your your take on it, on psychic intuition, how we run it, how we do it, uh -huh. um, how we increase it all really great. Are there a few <laughs> tips, tricks? Like what's, what, where can we start if we're wanting to, to strengthen our psychic or really open it? Okay, that's a good one. Well, for me, I believe that... Uh, it, and it's so fundamental for anybody that's embarking on this beautiful journey of intuition is to realize that the act of receiving guidance begins with listening for it. So oftentimes we're really kind of running past our guidance and we often have, yeah, as it, um, the two main challenges seem to be doubt and distraction. Okay. So I'll get to that in a second, but as far as the, the sense of listening for the guidance. That means, okay, actually being present without some great story in your head and not racing into the future or rummaging around in the past, I think is a great starting point. So yeah, absolutely getting into the center or the still point of the moment as best we can to be present. So speaking of those two great <clears throat> obstacles or challenge points with intuition, the doubt can be countered by presence by being fully present because they feel like there's not, there isn't any neurotic headroom left over if you're hundred percent listening, looking, feeling, and focusing internally. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's self-regulating. And then the other aspect with distraction is uh, equally potent, but uh, sort of absurdly obvious, which is to focus. Mm -hmm. So you're not distracted to be present. Yeah. So they're, right. they're related phenomena for sure. So I think the first place is just listening and not, um, feeling like you have to figure it all out. I think that's very important too, is just accept or give what you get and get what you give. And um, you don't have to analyze it or subject your intuitive impressions to analysis. In fact, I think that's kind of the kryptonite mm -hmm. for readers and intuitives such as you and I is uh, the, 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 reflect, the reflexive uh, default, let's say, to analysis is something that has to be dispensed with absolutely because you get a psychic insight and then you're like well was that real what did that mean and did i really think that and was that right. just the own roses in my own head and what if i say it wrong? like you we go down the rabbit hole of Perfectly all said. those things of distraction and doubt like you said and um and i love that you give some exercises on focus because i think people um in my experience psychics a little bit like a muscle we have to right. exercise you know um and and that those focusing exercises that you gave help, you know, 
you know, if you're doing a, a, a an hour reading, you have to be able to hold your concentration on something kind of intense for a whole hour. You know, right, and that right. that's something that you know, as, as readers, we have to build up to that kind of you know. And it, and for me, it's kind of like this um, spiritual multitasking because one part of mm -hmm. me is is like receiving the psychic information, and then the other part of me is like, you know. De dealing with like addressing with the person that the actual person that's in sitting in front of me um right, and so it's right. a little bit like you know one of those things yeah. where you're um you have to hold both and that take and focus is, is what um to me like has is the key like i can do as many sessions in a day as i can hold my focus beautiful beautiful yeah i absolutely relate lisa absolutely mm. relate Mm -hmm. And something that's neat to consider, I think, is um, we can have a soft focus. You yeah. Know, oftentimes we get this reflection in the modern culture of like focus means white knuckling it. Mm -hmm. Not really. You know, I think that uh, focus can be can be a very soft, potent phenomenon of awareness that's just unsullied. Awareness that is just situated where it is and it's right. not trying to analyze and it's not trying to get anywhere with it. Yeah. So <clears throat> I recommend for people starting off to allow a listening process or a quieting process to enter into their day, which, of course, most typically is termed meditation. Mm -hmm. So some sort of meditation practice, I think, is important because uh, if nothing else, we're relying on brain coherence and heart coherence and being in a state of organization within our energy field and within our energy system and also our neurobiology as well. So um, as you, I'm sure, read in, in the psychic hygiene strategy and yeah. expand your spiritual bandwidth, it's a little different than people expect. Like, okay, what throws the psychic off their course? Well, I think it's more often like a, a bad night's sleep and some food that's, you know, maybe not going down so easy or an argument. Um, I found that irritation was the thing that uh, seemed to be a big challenge for me for many years until I over, overcame that program of irritation. Like uh, the phone's not working, somebody's late for the appointment, the dog's barking. That for me was uh, a beautiful gift in disguise once I overcame that stuff. For me, it's anxiety. Like thinking yeah. about like, oh my, oh, my kid's okay. Or, you know, what, like, did I leave the stove on? <laughs> I don't know. You know, all those things like, you know. Right. That, um, sure, sure. That, Dialing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all that, like, um, all the unsolved or unresolved little things that niggle, you know, in the back of my mind when I'm right. trying to work. Um, right, right. Yeah. And I, it just takes sort of a little, it's taken discipline, the kind of discipline that you talk about, spiritual discipline that you talk about in your book sure, to sure. kind of be like, quiet, to quiet that zip. You know, right, like, right, right. it's going to be okay, like, sh sh you know, and so that we can sort of show up in that receptive, receptive without an agenda kind of right. place that you were talking about. Be beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, like dial dialing down the sympathetic system yes. or the, the fight and flight system and amping up the parasympathetic is really paramount. Yeah. So that I have a chapter in, in ESB called become inspired by breath. It's the fifth strategy. And I think that's part of why I have that in there is for our healers and intuitives. Um, often breath work can be sort of, since it, there's not, it's not conceptually that rich, people can just sort of overlook it, hmm. but it's profound in, in the experiential sense. So yeah. I, that's what I find is when people have these breath work strategies and they fuse it with a meditative process, then the, 
dissonance that's created by anxiety, for instance, and anticipation really, really reduces to, yeah. to, to just a whisper, if at all. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And I, I agree. I think it's very, so mine's like kind of like, got like um, breathing, meditation, mm-hmm. and, and just really like mental discipline of the mindfulness of like, of, of choosing to, right. to put those things down um, and show up in the moment best I can, you know? That's great. That's um, great. Are you working with people? Tell us a little bit about, do you do readings or how is it that you work with people these days? Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, first of all, I'm working with people all over the world. I, um, I do readings in person as much as I can. Here in North Carolina is where I'm situated, but I also read over Zoom and phone readings, uh, kind of old school. Um, and uh, doing programs online here and there. Uh, recently, I introduced an interesting feature called the Spiritual Empowerment Session, which is a little bit of like a mini opportunity for people to study these aspects from Expand Your Spiritual Bandwidth and to get into it with me so we can really work one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So I think of that uh, as a beautiful opportunity to kind of marry the mentoring program that I have where I help people intuitively and also spiritually in terms of spiritual life guidance. Um, this gives them and well, it gives me an opportunity to be the personal trainer for your soul in a sense. So it's mm-hmm. a very sacred undertaking. And that's been it's been really exciting to 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 have that deep dive with people into what's most important to them. Because people are getting passionate about spirituality. And it's like, yes, because yeah. I know for me, um, and I love this interview particularly so far because often people will start, well, oh, what's your story way, way back? And ah, you know, it's it's a long one, but I was a different kind of kid, I realize now, because, yeah, I played with G.I. Joes and Matchbox cars, but I also played with my mother's holy water, and I also enacted masses in my room by myself. Wow. And th- Yeah, and then at 10 years old, with uh, basically with a voice that was as so strident that Winston Churchill probably would have shuddered. <laughs> I said to myself when I said the spirit out loud at 10 years old, it's time to get serious about my spiritual path. And I thought that was just normal, you know? Wow. So here I am a little bit over 50 and it's been quite a journey of decades. And I can truly say it feels like it's just beginning because the That's transcendence amazing. and the mystical to me is just my everyday experience, my everyday life. It's, totally out of the philosophical and into the experiential. And uh, so I'm really happy to help people experience that too. And let's help people figure out how to find you. So um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like let's take a look at your website. And um, here here we have, I think, a a copy of your website and it's charliecastics.com. Um, there it is. So if people want to get in touch with you and is that where they go to buy your book or is your book for sale on Amazon and all that? Yeah, I have signed copies in our guidance store on the website. So people are, have been enjoying the signed copies, but it's also on Amazon. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And we have it on Kindle Great. version now, too. So that's really oh, good. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And there it is. There's a copy of it. Um, yeah. Really, really thought this was a very unique and um, fun and useful of all, of all of them things book of all those things. Um, that was really um, and inspiring. So thank you for writing it and sharing it with us today. Thank you, Lisa.
Appreciate and thanks for being here too, well, Charlie. Thanks. Great pleasure. Glad we got a chance to connect. Yeah. Fantastic. And thank all of you guys for tuning in and, and sharing this beautiful energy with us today. Um, you can find me at my website, lisacampion.com. Stop by and visit. I'd love to hang out with you too. And um, we're so glad that you joined us on, on this journey in the miracle of healing on Empower Radio. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.